What is up, you lovely lurkers? I am George Santos, he's George Santos, and welcome to the show. Today, we're going to talk about D&D, going TNT, do these several things actually fix capitalism? Streaming is canceled, and several concepts to change the world. If you like our voices, you can find our faces on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram, or still clapping for Brendan Fraser's Critics' Choice Award. Hey, Willie. Uh, yeah. Most of the time, you begin the show with saying, like, can we talk about blah, 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 blah? Well, I've got something to ask you. Can we talk about it? Oh, okay. It, really? This this yeah. is news for me. I don't know yeah. how to react to this, to be honest. <laughs> well, how about you buckle the fuck up? Because guess what? We can swear again on YouTube. Can we? Wait, because I was about to say, hey, we have to we have to mute no, that. <laughs> no more. They walked it back after the uproar. Did they? Yes. There there were YouTube channels last week that said, I I'm done. I'm I'm out. Like I'm my career's over. I'm gonna not be able to monetize anything. I'm done with this. They ruined hundreds of people's careers. It felt like an OnlyFans 2.0 where mm. everyone suddenly was like, oh, well, we make up all the current channels. Now now we're just going to take our stuff and go elsewhere. And YouTube was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> we, we don't have anybody else except for you. So what needs to happen for us to continue it in the other direction? For us to say, you know what? We were able to move them back five feet. Can we go 10? Can we go 20? Can we get showgirls on YouTube? I think it already is. There's, I mean, have you heard of the Naked and Afraid series? We've yeah, ta- we've talked about that before. Sure. They don't show anything on that show. Everything. Not on camera. Everything. It's blurry. It's blurry. No, it is not. No. And it is on YouTube. Mm. What? If you want to see the best of BBC on BBC, well, you can go watch it right now. <laughs> oh, BBC shows it? They show oh, it all. Because yeah, that, that's a Brits thing. They don't really care, do they? No. But it's on YouTube here in the States. So I'm Interesting. Just I'm not saying so, you should do it at work. And I'm not sh- saying we should do it for the rest of the show while we're recording because that would be way too distracting. So what you're saying is you just need to be one of the big organizations and then then you can do whatever you want. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of things that are blowing up all around the world... Willie, you like to play Dungeons and or Dragons. Is that correct? I like to I like to watch. My favorite group of players is a series called The Dungeon Run. So you're a D&DV player? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> D&D voyeur. All right. Whatever yep. whatever gets your rocks off or your dice off, I guess. <laughs> I, I would play it. I think the investment in time would be a challenge. I, I, you and I barely have enough time to do this, mm-hmm. let yeah. alone sit down and do a f- thoughtful D&D campaign. I don't know if I have enough time for that. Do you have enough time for that? I would make time. It, it's, it can be fun with the right group. I, you, sure. You, you watch those folks. They're, they're having a great time. And they're uh, also professional actors. Oh, okay. <laughs> you don't... <laughs> You don't need to be a professional actor. You just need to, you know, pretend. And we all like to use our imagination every now and then. 
But Wizards of the Coast is the company that owns D&D or created D&D, something along those lines. And I'm going to probably say several things wrong, so we can talk about... I'll correct you if, the, uh, uh, if you get them wrong. We can talk about the next story that Willie's going to bring up a little bit later. <laughs> 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 but essentially they said, for the longest time, if you create something that is related to D&D, you can license it and you get profits for it. We're not going to touch it. It's yours. You can make money off of it. Well, just like the Supreme Court, there was a leaked memo of some updated rules that they were technically going to announce today as we record. And one of those big bylines was like, um, yeah, about that. Number one, we don't want you doing that too much anymore. And number two, if you do do that and you're really good at it, we're going to take a giant swath 25%. That, yeah. So as you can imagine, everybody was happy and fine with it, and nobody said anything. <laughs> nope, that's not what happened. <laughs> no, just like the whole YouTube debacle, everybody's like, okay, well, let's just never play Dungeons & Dragons again. Let's just give it up. There's other games out there. <laughs> and Hasbro slash whatever company, Wizards of the Coast, was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, guys. And gals and whoever. Let's talk about this. Where are you going? Come on back. Let's specify a few things. A company from 2018 to 2020 owned D&D Beyond called Fandom. Originally, they were founded by Curse LLC, bought in, in 2018, and then Wizards of the Coast bought them in 2022. So their inaugural ownership year is not going well for them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but to, to give some more specifics, imagine this, right? Like you think of a lot of tech companies will have some sort of like fee to be there. This, when you hear 25% sounds similar, but it's not. What what they're saying is, Scott, if you and I have an at-home game, we, we buy D&D Beyond, we have the digital tool set, some of the companion stuff, we go in and we create, like we sit down as like a double-headed dragon D&D dungeon master, right? Tell that's, me more. That's when two, that's when two people do the, the thing. Lead I'm the there. Thing. <laughs> if, if you and I decided we want to create this world, this universe, and all we're going to do is invite Joel and Jason and Paul and Mariah and, and Jenna, Jenna, right? We're, we're going to invite our, our cast of, of heroes. They're going to come onto the show. Nothing happens. Wizards of the Coast couldn't give two solid shits. They just, okay, cool, have fun, you guys. But we put it on this platform, we air it, and then that starts to make money. They go, uh-uh, not only do we own all of the creative rights and can redistribute your content, your creation, in all of its entirety for perpetuity, but we now get 25% of that revenue. That's what they were doing. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Shows like uh, Critical Role yeah. that make millions of dollars, 25% taken off the top because that's what they're doing is they're creating their own D&D campaigns on top of the main lore. And now they're like, okay, well, we're, we just lost 25% of our revenue. They would have had to pay a tax. Needless to say people like critical role were like this is not a campaign that i signed up for you know like we need a new dm 
But it sounds like they're doing the right thing and kind of walking things back and saying, like, what you have is yours. You own it. And we don't want any part of that necessarily, at least financially. And the problem is we ha- we almost have to take this controversy a step further back. Hasbro, Money Daddy, is saying, hey, we need to milk this. I am your pimp. Give me more. Milk everybody. Fire everything. <laughs> so Wizards of the Coast, which owns Magic the Gathering, that was MT- their main. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, they're, be- the better they're- MTG. Ugh, yeah. <laughs> well, they're they're also trying to nickel and dime users now by creating these like fan deck or these like specialty decks of cards. They're essentially they're flooding the market with so many cards that even hardcore users are like, I can't afford all of this. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of new uh decks if that's what they're called or packs coming out expansion packs as somebody who pays attention to like trading cards i was like oh what are what are all these like these have neon colors this looks cool oh it's just magic i don't know what's good what's bad what's worth anything and it sounds like it's all worth nothing (laughs) correct yeah it's it's watering it down to the point where like even in competition there's just so many variations that you can't like you can't have a real competitive game because it's like I don't know what where's the limit do we stop do we stop in the 2022 editions yeah it's like they should come up with a new type of game or like this is Magic the Gathering classic this is Magic the Gathering Nuevo I don't know like the Ocho and and you can't like mix decks <laughs> okay so i was thinking about this the other day as i'm thinking about like this controversy around D controversy around magic the gathering i say in light of this we have to give out our advice for how somebody could say f you dnd we're gonna make our own version what is the name of that entity like the company or the game or the game the game oh well if i had to come up with a game it's going to be called dungeons and drag race and it's just going to be a combination of both those things but none of those things oh got it so like the dungeons that you have in dungeons and dragons are typically like caves with monsters inside these dungeons are gonna be uh like the uh summertime at the (laughs) the garden in minneapolis that you went to (laughs) basically you're gonna have to get really good at leather crafting (laughs) and uh yeah lots of different types of costumes (laughs) okay scott's leather fantasies aside i was thinking and this is foolproof there's different types of creatures in D D, so we're just gonna we're gonna pull from that lore. And I thought elves and shelves, that's nobody has that, right? Nobody has I mean the the Christmas crowd kinda has it. Oh. Yeah. I mean it doesn't stay on the shelf, but it goes Yeah, I probably Ogres I was, and ovaries. I would, oh <laughs> No. We could we could make a lot of people mad and call it witches versus the patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Scott, speaking of the patriarchy, we're going to talk about capitalism. You know, the thing that you and I are just really well versed in, know everything about, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to link the TikTok video in the comments. But what this guy says, his name is... 
that Nick Powers guy that, on TikTok. That Nick. He says, to sum this up, I envision this idea that uh, that I know capitalism in the United States is never going to go away. And because of that, maybe we can pass some laws that gets us maybe a little bit closer to to socialism without fully going socialism. Now, Scott, you consider yourself centrist. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't for myself, but what I would love is to maybe go through these and think like, is this a good idea? Is it a bad idea? Do we hate it? I watched this video when you when you sent it. I just wanted to make sure what I was getting into because I normally don't watch a lot of hippie videos, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> Willie's adopting this don't shave, I'm assuming don't bathe kind of attitude. So just let's bring it up one by one because I think there's only a handful. And yeah. actually, I liked a couple of them. The first couple I didn't. I can't do math, so I don't understand very well. Okay. <laughs> but uh, m- maybe you can walk me through it. All right. Well, let's start with number one here. It's it's about housing. It says owners of unoccupied housing, they're going to pay three times the property tax for each unoccupied unit, and rent is capped at 75% of the estimated monthly payments that property is like if it were to be sold, right? So if, if the valuation on Zillow is a million dollars, Rent is capped at 75% of the monthly payments for that. Which would be? I don't know how housing works, man. It's <laughs> so, The goal with this first one I like the is first, to say... Yeah, the first part is basically to say, like, you got to fill units. We got to get people housed. Right. Otherwise, you're going to be taxed. And I, I like that as a fundamental idea. What the numbers could actually work out to? Talking to the wrong guy. Yeah. I'm not sure about, like, there has to be some sort of, like, rental cost restrictions because I I don't know about you, but rent these days is crazy expensive. You live in a house, so you don't know what it's like. You I'm renting from a bank for several years. I mean, it's (laughs) just called the mortgage. (laughs) Okay, good. So the next one is going to be about credit scores. And I'm going to be honest with you. I love this one. But credit scores are now abolished, according to this person. This is what they would do. All credit history has a rolling two-year reset. So if you run into bad times or have some sort of identity threat, uh, it's not going to hurt the rest of your life. I like the identity theft part, too, because that's becoming more and more prevalent. So if you can make a claim that you have had an identity theft situation, like that that just shouldn't play into it at all. That should be removed off of the score altogether. Yeah, and and maybe something else needs to change about this. Like, if we're talking about nuance, the idea here would be, I'm going to go buy a car. Well, if you look back to where I had, like, a terrible leasing person or maybe, like, life happens, right, and I'm out of a job or something, something terrible goes wrong, I might not be able to get a car. I think that there would be far too many people that would abuse this system. So therefore, I think it needs to be tiered. Like if you're going to buy a house, it's going to look back at like 10 years. So maybe you can only look back a certain point if it's for a certain type oh, of thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I like that idea on paper. <laughs> okay. And lastly, Medicaid is now available for everyone. And it includes gender affirming care. And regardless of where you're going to go, it's accepted everywhere. But 
private insurance is still allowed. It just has to compete with Medicare, which is free. Once again, love this one because you're taking the ball and saying like, okay, now we get to play too. Now it's our turn. We get to and one you. It's not just, all right, private insurance, which has been barricaded by lobbyists for our entire lives, most likely. They don't get to just have their cake and eat it too. Now the government gets to step in and you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, the government. Look how they run everything. Oh, it's so bad. Are you sure you want to blah, blah, blah? Yeah, but you don't know because we haven't tried a good system. There's plenty of people smarter than us two who, who could control that side of government health care. And you could literally carbon copy how the insurance programs run today. Mm-hmm. And it would just be controlled or run by the government. <sighs> we can only dream. Yeah, I know. And when we dream, we hope we wake up. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's a lot of people, though, who have just been like raging the entire time saying like, this can't work. This isn't going to work. How can it work? The very last thing this guy says is, oh, by the way, it's already working. Europe has most of this already going on and it's doing just fine. Sure. They don't have 20 aircraft carriers, but mini rant. Okay. We're not going to get better until we take care of each other. Everybody's complaining that nobody wants to work. Everybody's complaining that there's a mental health crisis. Uh, everybody, everybody's complaining that uh, their housing is too expensive. They can't even buy a house. Right. So why is it that we're against each other when the, the majority of us are <laughs> in these things that we're complaining about? How many people actually make the rules for the rest of us? So, something unlocks, Scott, and I think it makes so much more sense. Have you noticed an uptick of, of people that are angrier and angrier? or more divisive towards things. Like I'm, I'm scrolling on social media and I just see like angry rant here, or here's this Karen here, or here's this Ken yelling here. It was called 2022. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I think a lot of that is because the nature of how we are intended to survive and live is always a competition when it, it doesn't need to be. No. How many people bid for your home? How many people were in the running to try and purchase your home? Uh, Why did yeah. that need to be a competition in the first place? Yeah. Why are we competing to live in that same way? Like, you're not going to go, like, break a pool stick in half and, like, fight that person to the death. So they're going to turn around and, and have not another yet. competition and then another competition. <laughs> the problem is, it's like, yeah, you're fighting for everything, right? You want to be on the in group. You want to fight to, to have this really great place to live. You want to be a star-bellied snitch. You get to... Look, I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a Dr. Seuss reference. Oh, okay. Yeah, but then you get to like look at all the people that live in Whoville around you, and you're like, guess what? We're all Who's now, right? I'm not the Grinch. We all made it here. I'm happy. My heart's growing because we, we, all, we all did this, right? We're here forever the rest of our lives. No, why? Why do we need to compete for basic things like a work-life balance? a home, food. We are incredibly smart and strong and powerful as a species. And we have mm-hmm. accomplished so much. It, it just, it boggles my mind that we're so against one another. We would rather hate the person across the street from us or across the table from us 
rather than work with them to come up with the most mind-blowing, incredible way to advance our civilization. I can't believe it. I hate it every single day. (laughs) And speaking of things I hate, Netflix, get your head out of your ass and stop canceling shows after one season. Holy shnikes. Can we just take a quick moment to look at what has been canceled recently by what some would argue is the OG streaming service that everybody else kind of based their models off of? Yes, please. All right. Ozark canceled after four seasons. You know, not every show is going to be just a one and done, but average critic score was 81%. People love the show Ozark. They tuned in for the final season. It probably had some incredible ratings Mm -hmm. leading even through that season. Something called the OA. I don't know what that means. A show that a lot of people liked called Sensate. Yeah, people loved that show. All of the Marvel shows were pretty much canceled after two seasons. That might have been an MCU thing. That might have been them saying, hey, we don't want you to have this anymore. We're taking Daredevil back. One that I will hate for Netflix forever for, but Glow, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling, three seasons, and the show never finished. It just stopped. It was amazing. The Patriot Act with Hassan Minhaj. These are shows that could have a cult following. The the problem is, it's like, even if we were to go through and read all of them, Chelsea, Haters Back Off, Lady Dynamite, shows I have never heard of. It's getting canceled way too soon. It's not getting getting room to breathe. If, if exactly. you go back if you go back and think of some of your favorite shows like The Office season one, terrible. It was it's such a weird show. I mean, if that's all we had gotten, people would have been like, What is this? Why is this even a thing? But it suddenly was given room to breathe and grow and the writers found their stride and it's now one of the best shows of all time. I think you have incredibly creative shows like 1899 we recommended this show three four months ago you said will you have to watch this show it's incredible we're over halfway through this show and we find out that it's canceled that they're not even going to finish it and they had designed the show to be three seasons mm-hmm. to have this mystery solving moment this weird like lost kind of feeling only for it to be canceled After the first season, you don't even want to invest in these shows. Netflix just doesn't even give you an opportunity to care. I don't don't get it. I don't know how anybody can keep their money going into this. And I know it's a month-to-month kind of service, but they, they report their numbers just like any other business and say like, oh, we've got this many subscribers. Why would I want to be a subscriber with a platform that is going to introduce me, get me hooked, maybe create some of the best story or characters that I've seen in a long time, and then do a rug pull. I'd rather just kind of wait, and and I'm talking like literal years, five, ten years, to see if any show survives the the data-driven maelstrom that is the the hangman's noose uh, from Netflix. Why... Would I give you a single dollar bill if I know that I'm not going to get completion with some of these stories? Did Glow give you completion? (laughs) No, because it finished. I never got a chance. I'm not not into edging stories, okay, Netflix? Like, I... (laughs) 
<laughs> I am paying for a happy ending, all right? I want okay. all of it. Here's my solution. I think it's easy. It's approachable. And Netflix doesn't have to even do much and win. It, it, any streaming platform. I'm not, not even Netflix. But what you say is, here's this new show. It's called 1899. Here's the preview. By the way, three seasons. You have three seasons to show this. Yeah. You call the shot from the beginning. We have this new sitcom coming out. It's going to be Friends from College with Key and Peel and What's-Her-Face from What's How I Met face? Your Mother. Great actor. Oh, God. I love her, too. Like I, The fact that I can't remember makes me feel so bad. Like, just anybody. Like, anybody that you've recognized from other shows. Like, you know, it's an ensemble cast. I know what show you're talking about. But... The executives who, who make the decisions for these shows have to go away. And we need to bring in people who understand how stories form. And Colby Smolders. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody who understands the nuance has to come in and say, like, listen, pitch your story. How many seasons is it going to be? I don't I'm not looking for a a big bang theory that can just go on forever. And, and even if you if you are pitching something like that, great. Give me a cutoff. Make make it so that sure, it's a procedural drama looking at you, SVU, but also have an ending. Let's get more shows. Nobody just wants to watch the five shows even though the data will probably support that. If people really want this much content, then we need to have hard cutoffs. We need it to. We need the office to be five seasons, and that's it. You can do spinoffs. No rules against that. What's your favorite show right now, or or I guess series? This is a pause that Willie has to take because it's so hard to think of something that you're absolutely in love with. There's so much trying to grab our attention, and none of it is even guaranteed to be there the next week. They could announce a show, release a couple episodes, and be like, oh, actually, you know what? The first two episodes did crap. <laughs> we didn't market True. it at all. We never told anybody about it. So nobody watched it. We're just going to cut the cord right now. The thing is, is a lot of my favorite shows, I think, do exist on streaming platforms. They've peaked past that cutoff that Netflix is arbitrarily putting on there. Same thing with HBO. Game of Thrones, I think, was incredible, except for maybe the final season. Mm-hmm. Stranger Things has made it past. Uh, Squid Game is coming out with a season two. I'm incredibly excited about that. The fact that it hasn't been canceled is surprising at this point. Sure, but those are the exceptions. Now, I don't think I'm asking for a lot. I'm just looking for stuff like ideas or concepts that can change kind of what we're used to. Maybe change the world that we're used to. You know, Scott, it's so funny that that you perfectly segued me into my next story. I'm scrolling on TikTok because I don't have any shows to watch. And I, and I come across this guy, ICT underscore MRP, whatever that stands Excuse for. Excuse you. you and he links to this guy named Gerwinder on Twitter who has a post. It says, in 40 tweets, I will explain 40 useful concepts you should know. Now... We don't have time to go through all 40, so I'm going to link the original video. I'm going to link the thread, but let's go through a couple of these. The first one here is called Cunningham's Law. The best way to get the right answer on the internet 
is not to ask a question, but to post the wrong answer. Because people are more interested in criticizing you than helping you. Hence why I said all those things in my first story. (laughs) (laughs) We've noticed it. We've seen incredible engagement on things where maybe you just get spelling wrong or this idiot here says the wrong word. I do it all the time. And you're right. It's on purpose because I just get it wrong. I'm an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) But there's no lack of people telling me that I'm wrong. I think it's a good rule, and it's sad that we've gone to this model, but it's better to be proven right than to continue spewing out the wrong thing. Speaking of which, Bonhoeffer's theory of stupidity (laughs) says evil can be guarded against. It's pretty easy to guard against evil, Scott, Mm -hmm. but stupidity can't, and the world's few evil people have little power without the help of the world's many stupid people. Therefore, stupidity is a far greater threat than evil. All I would have you do is Google what is Q, and that's Bonhoeffer's theory of stupidity. And wasn't that the um, working title for our podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Our, I mean, our goal with this podcast is always just to subtly make people a little bit smarter through stupidity. So if we can do it, Bonhoeffer be damned. This one is called Surrogate Activities. The more we eliminate struggles from our lives, the more we create artificial struggle, struggles. Things like sports, video games, culture wars across social media platforms. Because... The mind wants peace, but it needs conflict. I think I just found the beginning for my novel. (laughs) The mind wants peace, but it craves conflict. It craves it. Speaking of conflict, this is not a new activity. Let me just take you down this uh, terrifying story. If you are claustrophobic and you're listening or you're watching, you might want to skip ahead just a couple of minutes. I'm listening to this story being told on TikTok, and this woman says this group of people went cave spelunking. Spelunking. They're going to go spelunking. Yeah, I can't say that word. They're going to go explore some caves. Well, cave system opens up. It's kind of a normal day. They're in the cave system for a couple of hours, and then they get to this thing, and I can't remember what it's called, but it's the most terrifying thing I've ever heard of. It is a... 900 feet long passage that is roughly two feet wide and 10 inches tall. This just like Nike shoebox that you can slide through 900 feet. So half the group is like, we don't want to do this. Well, five of them I'm said, in that half. <laughs> I'm in the half that wouldn't have gone in the first place. So that half says, we're going to go, we're going to go down this tunnel. One of the, the people that leaves is the girlfriend of one of the cavers. She gets outside and sees it sprinkling a little bit. And oh, like, yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm going to wait. Well, in order to get through this, you have to use your fingertips and your toes to inch your way down the 900 feet. Hard pass. Just to visualize what 900 feet is. Pull is down my pants. I get it. Yeah. It's half the height of the Sears Tower or the Willis Tower. Just lay it flat. Half the distance, 
Willis Tower is 1,700 feet tall. You're going half of that with your fingers and toes. Anyways, oh my God. This, this woman <laughs> is waiting in her car and it starts to downpour. And she's like, they've got to be out by now. She walks to the entrance of the cave and it is flooded. Yeah. What happened? All five men, all five cavers heard the rushing water coming from the top of the cave, had been at the other end and started their crawl back through the 900 feet to get out of the cave. And every single one in a two foot by 10 inch shaft drowned. And the last person, the youngest of them, crawled his body up into a crevice in the middle of this cave to eke his body above the rushing water. And he was likely the last person to die. That's a horrifying. You could have just played video games. <laughs> you could have just gotten angry with somebody on Twitter, but no, you had to do that terrifying descent into hell. I am so scared that I forgot what we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, why don't I leave you with one more concept that uh, will hopefully bring you a little less terror at night. The Babel hypothesis says, according to multiple studies, not just one, multiples, the best predictor of whether someone becomes a leader, their experience, their IQ, neither of those things. It's the amount of time they spend talking. It doesn't even matter what they're saying, just how much they say it. You and I have met many leaders that are like this yes quote unquote <laughs> but i guess that just means that i'm gonna have to start talking more or sure that puts you in a position to have power over somebody else but the best leaders you and i have had are the quiet thoughtful ones that challenge you to do something you've never done before willie you're absolutely right anybody can be a leader but the ones that try to help you and make you grow and become a better version of yourself are the ones actually worth following. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Find more of us on our socials, and we'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.